This is mission.org. This is Marketing Trends, your number one source for exclusive interviews with chief marketing officers and executive marketing leaders in the Fortune 1000 and beyond. This is Jeremy Bergeron, and I interview, collaborate, and partner with world-class CMOs and marketing leaders across industries. I share this mantra with my team all the time, and we talk about within our group, we should always soar, don't settle. And I think that that sentiment plays true within our company. And so I push that really hard within our team and within my own work ethic and drive forward. Because I think what's allowed me to stay in this position is that I don't get stagnant. So you may be wondering, how does someone stand out at a huge company and then eventually establish themselves as an indispensable asset? Our guest today reveals what it takes. Today, we're pleased to welcome Brooke Milsna, the Vice President of Marketing at the Fastenal Company. Brooke has been with the industrial supplies and solutions juggernaut for over a decade, starting off as a part-time entry-level employee to rising and becoming the marketing leader at this incredible organization. Tune in to hear Brooke's very inspirational journey at the Fastenal Company. Not related to marketing at all. I'm just curious because I'm curious what someone like you listens to. Yeah. What are you listening to right now on Spotify? What's like, what's a, what's an artist that's that that you've been jamming to? Oh gosh. So my team kind of makes fun of me because um, I'm surprisingly into like rap. Okay. <laughs> because it gets me pumped up in the yes. morning. So I have a saying on my desk that says, "Drink some coffee, put on some gangster rap, and handle it." Oh man, that's fantastic. Yeah, they they laugh at me because they don't think that that would be what I would listen to whatsoever. So I like a lot of the '90s stuff, the good stuff to get you pumped up and ready for the day. Okay. Um, I've got to I've got to commute in, and I've got a long day, and I've got to get ready to rock. So. Wow. Well, can you name an maybe an artist that you what's what's one that you like from oh, the '90s? Any, I mean, I love Jay Z. Oh, um, beautiful. Yeah. Okay. I mean, okay. Great, great stuff. I mean, that's phenomenal. <laughs> I mean, I already know that 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 piece of the interview is just gold right there. I mean, I, I don't know if we've had any <laughs> any marketing leaders yet talk about rap being their favorite genre. Happy to be a first. <laughs> no, that's fantastic. That's my leading one as well. So we already share that in common. Okay. So awesome. rap love gets it. you in the flow. Okay. That's fantastic. So set the context here for those who who don't know about you know the Fastenal company. Tell us about the company and then describe your role as VP of marketing there. Sure, you bet. Well, Fastenal, so we were about 55 years old. And when people think of Fastenal, given the name, um, it is true. We started out with fasteners and that was our primary product line. And over the years and decades, we've added to that product line and pretty much anything that you would need in the MRO, OEM space we can provide, whether it's safety products, power tools, anything to keep businesses up and running. But what's been most exciting is over the last several years, we've really evolved to be more of a supply chain partner. You have all of those products that you need within your business, but what we try to do differently is manage that inventory for you. So make sure that we're helping that you have it when you need it, any cost savings opportunities we can do or offer you. Because one of the things that's unique about our business is the technology that we have to manage that inventory. 
So we are the leader in industrial vending. And so I always say, you know, think of your typical vending machine filled with your your Pepsi and your Snickers, except for instead of Pepsi and Snickers, we're going to throw some safety gloves and duct tape in there for you. Wow. And what's really cool is that was actually our founder's initial vision for the company. Really? He had this idea. He worked in his dad's auto parts store. He said, man, I, I really feel like you should be able to dispense fasteners through a vending type device. Wow. But he was ahead of technology at the time, so it didn't quite pan out. Um, he had to wait about 40 some years for it to happen. But now it's it that that vision came to life and we're the leader in that area. So it's really cool. There's so much there. So did the category industrial vending, was that created by the Fastenal company? Was that a thing before the Fastenal company? I mean, I would like to think we're certainly uh, on the leading edge there. Yeah. Um, I think the the concept was being tossed around in the marketplace and industry there a little bit okay. because we had already had the interest and ideas in our, our very beginning. Um, I think we got started first in terms of the technology and concept within the industrial space for other businesses. So, yeah, and now you see, you know, when you walk the airport, it's no longer just your um, dr- drinks and your your candy. Everything can come out of a vending machine. So it's kind of cool to see how all of that explodes. So you've been at the company for, I think, just over 14 years now, Correct. according to LinkedIn. Okay. And I want to get into the, to the history there with you. But as you reflect on, you know, this long 55-year-old business that started off, like you said, in the fastener world, that's now, you know, six billion plus a year in a growth phase. I mean, this business is massive now. What do you think is the through line? What has allowed the Fastenal company to like start where they started to now be this true category leader in a couple of big, big ways? What worked well for them? How are they able to get here? There's so many different ways to answer that because I think you'll hear this from anyone that you talk to within our company, and it's really hard to put your finger on it when we say that we have a culture that is just unique above words and you don't know it until you're here. But I think a few of the things that really differentiate us are people. We have fantastic people. In my unbiased opinion, we are, we're, we're the best out there. We're a fantastic group. And I think too, like the foundation of our company and how we got started, we are all encouraged to innovate. We are encouraged to bring new ideas to the table. We are decentralized. There's not hierarchy in terms of if I have an idea, it has to go through this many phases. We're all really empowered to be our own business leaders. And so I think when new ideas have come up, that might sound crazy to anyone else, We're at least willing to hear it out and think it out and evolve that idea with many people faster than anyone because of our decentralization and our people. We just move forward and make it happen. I noticed that on the website that that one of the values is decentralization, which is it's Mm -hmm. almost like to get out of the way, let local support and expertise support that community and give them what they need. It's like and it seems yeah, it's like, of course, do that. But if you see that at scale and you're actually empowering an entire organization to to, to run this way, you can see the, the power and scope. That's incredible. Yeah. And um, not to bring up the, the pandemic, because I'm sure there were plenty, plenty of episodes about that. But throughout COVID, that was really what I think allowed our team to be successful in terms of helping all of the local markets is because of our decentralization. There was obviously a scramble for PPE and everyone was allowed to use their creativity and find their sources. We still, by, by all means, had to do a quality check. 
making sure that everything we were selling was on point for our customers, but it allowed every our team, the Fastenal team, to react really quickly every day because we have about 15,000 sellers out there in the marketplace. Wow. We just allowed them to go. We didn't have, you know, 17 layers of approval you have to go through. We just allowed them to, to work quickly and to be able to serve the needs of their local communities. Wow. So this culture of empowering, you know, like you talk about, this existed when you first joined, you know, 14 years ago. Yes. I mean, because I, I look at your LinkedIn profile and there's so much that's there and so much that's not there. I mean, it's <laughs> like, I, I, you know, and I want to hear about, yeah, I mean, your background, because I see that you joined in 2008 as a materials and training coordinator, did that for a couple of years, then got into customer research manager, did that for over a decade. And now like at the helm of marketing. So talk about kind of how you got there and your background. And then, yeah, take us into the, your, the journey of the, the past 14 years now leading into being a, a VP of marketing. Yeah, definitely. So I uh, went to school in Win at Winona State University and uh, started off going to school for nursing. And I found out um, the human body is extremely complicated and I don't like blood. <laughs> and so career change, career change. Uh, so <laughs> shifted, shifted majors to marketing because I always thought business was my forte. I love to be creative. So while pursuing my marketing degree, I really wanted to get some um, related experience. And my roommate was working at Fastenal at the time and, and said, hey, there's an opening you should go for it. Um, and I did. And look where I am. Here I am still here. Yeah. Um, and so I started in our training department. So that first job, um, we have our own internal training department here. It allowed me to get some great business experience. And in terms of that culture and that feeling of empowerment, I felt that from the get-go, and that is the number one reason why when I was looking at graduating, I decided I want to stay with, with Fastenal. I was a part-time employee, but I was not held back because I worked less hours. I was encouraged to bring new ideas to the table. Um, so I felt very, very lucky to have that experience and work for a company like that, and I knew I wanted to keep working in that type of environment. And so then uh, upon graduation, I was given a full-time uh, opportunity at Fastenal, which was fantastic. And I'm sure my parents were really happy, too, that I was going to be getting a full-time job, yep, <laughs> pay, yep. pay off that student loan. <laughs> Indeed. And so I took a full-time job, and actually I was given a unique challenge because I went to school for marketing. And as we all know, there's many different components to marketing. Research was actually an area that we didn't have um, a huge focus on in terms of customer research. And so I was given the unique challenge to um, wrap my mind around how could we implement customer research at Fastenal. And so I spent about six months thinking of and researching and meeting with customers and salespeople and how we can go about doing that ended up developing a team of individuals that then focused on customer research. And so um, that was a great experience getting to build something from the ground up and was able to, to be in that area for a few years. And what's not on my LinkedIn profile to no fault, it's just I've, um, you know, I'll admit I love Fastenal, so I don't always update everything on there because, you know, this is where I am. But I did move over into the sales side of the business as the executive assistant for our sales leadership. Wow, okay. Which was um, completely out of my comfort zone. 
I was going to be in a position where I would be doing sales analytics, uh, forecasting, collaborating with all of our sales leaders, supporting them. I didn't know how to calculate margin at the time. And that was going to be a big part of my job. So out of my comfort zone, but I was, you know, encouraged to to go for it. And I'm a firm believer in um, you need to, you know, stretch yourself beyond your comfort level. Otherwise, you're never going to get to where you want to be. And so I um, went for that and had that experience for a while, which was fantastic and eye-opening in terms of that side of the business. And then there happened to be an opening within the marketing leadership role, uh, a vacancy. And uh, so went for the vice president position and um, through some grueling interviews, was fortunate enough to be given the, the position. Wow. And so how long have you been in the role now, VP of Marketing? Yeah. So I've been in the marketing role for seven years now. Wow. I mean, I know you told us a short version of that path, but I, I, I think it's really interesting as I think about unbeknownst to you, kind of where you were heading. It's like your first, the first thing you do is you get into training. So you're learning, you're literally teaching up the, you're teaching internally and you're learning about the brand and the offerings. And that's so valuable after going, exactly. getting deep, deep expertise there. Then you go over to the customer side of the house where you're researching customers and then getting a deep understanding of the customers, which is, these things are huge for any marketer. And then, then you get into the sales like revenue side of things, understanding that whole world, which of course is so huge for any marketing leader. And, and now here you are positioned, right, seven years ago with this deep understanding of the brand, this deep understanding of the customer and how sales and marketing drive growth. Now, you know, vying for a position, an incredible role, you know, at a, at a massive company, oh, to be a fly on the wall during some of those interviews because you had so much information and I just can I can you know wonder what some of these other executives are thinking about you because like wait a second look where she came from look what she knows holy crap we have we have someone that's a utility player in the best way yeah well well thank you for that you know for for that thought process and commentary and you know I think it was a you know I didn't start on day one at Fastenal knowing at all what my career path would be but I think it worked out yeah. you know nicely and again there were some I, I obviously went for some positions that were outside of my my comfort zone too to kind of help help me get me there and um, I think that's one thing that I always when I talk to other groups and especially when I talk to other female leaders, and I was in a meeting the other day and we were talking about how women tend to look at a job posting and they only go for that role if they feel like they can match the responsibilities almost 100%. Yep. yep. Whereas I think men, it's closer to around 70 to 80% they yep. go for it. Yep. I've heard that. I've heard that. And so I really challenge women to get away from that 100% because there's some foundational like skills that kind of either you were, you know, you have or you don't have in terms of like leadership skills, but almost everything can be taught and you can learn almost everything that you do. And so I just, I always am trying to encourage and push that message out there because if you only go for everything that you're going to be a hundred percent comfortable with, you're just, you're going to be in a pretty stagnant place. And um, that's not generally what everybody wants. So. Wow. Take us inside of that opportunity again, as you start to see, okay, there's an opening in the marketing leadership. What's going on in your head at that point to be like, okay, I'm I'm ready for this. Like again, this is on paper. I'm looking on paper. I'm like, this is a huge step for you. You know, was it this experience you had where you were like, wow, I actually this is the next step? Like what are you thinking about as you look at that opportunity from the outside based on what you've done that that far? 
Yeah. Well, um, to be frank, I had to talk myself into it a little bit. <laughs> okay. Okay. Because of the fact that I knew of a lot of people that were going for it, a lot of people with more experience than myself within Fastenal, you know, a lot of people with great backgrounds and great potential who I knew would do fantastic in the role. And so I did have that self-doubt. Am I ready for a position like that? Am I ready for that type of role? Um, at the time, I had a one-year-old. And so that was also a big challenge for myself. Like, am I going to be able to balance being a great mom and being a great business leader? And so it took a little bit of encouraging um, from my, uh, my husband, who's extremely supportive, my friends. And then when I decided to go for it, I never go for something and don't put my all into it. I, I never, you know, go in half-hearted. And so when, as soon as I decided, I, I want to at least, um, even if I don't get the position, I want to make a really impactful statement on my future potential. And so got to work on developing a business plan, you know, researching and prepping as much as I could for that interview process. Wow. This is, it's it's a truly an incredible story. Um, and it's so interesting to hear the various paths to marketing leadership and how you know, we, we have folks that are engineers and somehow end up leading, you know, marketing mm -hmm. or folks that have like no, no degree in marketing and ended up, you know, it's just, I love, and I love your path specifically. And, you know, not only did you, you get this role, let's not glaze over the fact that you have been in the role almost a decade. You've been in the role seven years, which me interviewing and researching CMOs tells me a lot about your ability to be successful in the role of marketing leader for a huge company like the Fastenal company. What do you think if you could kind of tie in like some of the the through line of like what's allowed you to stay in the seat because the, the, the marketing leader role is the shortest tenured role in the C-suite. Mm -hmm. How are you able to stay there the business is changing and evolving. There's so much happening with the e-com side and all the industries you're facing. You've had to be relevant year after year and potentially quarter after quarter to, to stay in that seat. How have you been able to do it? What's your secret? Um, am I, should I share my secrets? I like how you yeah, look, look to the right and the left and then, yeah. <laughs> I like that. Who's here? Right. For, for myself, I share this mantra with my team all the time. And we talk about within our group, we need to aim to, we should always soar, don't settle. And I think that that sentiment plays true within our company. And so I push that really hard within our team and within my own work ethic and, and drive forward. Because I think what's allowed me to stay in this position is that I don't get stagnant. Um, I love change probably more than some people would like me to like change. And I think within marketing, it's a perfect fit because there's new ways to do marketing. When I go and speak at college classes, you know, I, I tell them that there was no digital marketing class when I was in school because that wasn't a thing. And now I've got a team that's dedicated to that. And so I think the ability to constantly evolve and evolve with the business, always being willing to try new things, not everything works out and that's okay, but be willing to try it, learn from it and know how you can move forward. And the other thing is, I think I have a fantastic team who has worked really hard to show how big of a difference marketing can make within a company. And the team has worked so hard at aligning with our sales team and showing how they can be a partner um, that I think they've just done such an excellent job in proving our, our value here within the company. 
Well, you led me to the next question, which was around aligning sales and marketing. Yes. Um, and you you had this awesome experience on the sales side there, which I, I just love. I love the path. Like if I could create a career path, a marketing leader, do what you did, get into training, immerse yourself in the customer, learn everything about sales, get exposed to that, and then marry those things to be a marketing leader. It's, it's, it's brilliant. Well, thank you. Sales alignment. Oh. You know, I feel like when I joined the team uh, a handful of years ago, I noticed that we, and this happens to so many marketers, you can experience whiplash like crazy because generally your sales team is significantly larger than your marketing team. And sales has a lot of things that they're needing from you. Yet at the same time, you're also trying to create a lot of creative customer facing materials, campaigns that are going to bring in those leads and fill that pipeline value. There's so many things to do um, and so many people wanting them to get done quickly. And so we were finding ourselves whiplash, constantly responding to this store wants this, this sales rep wants this and, and kind of hopping back and forth every day. And so um, we took a step back and really uh, took a look at how we were approaching our planning process and really started to think about how can we become more aligned with our sales teams? How do we do that as efficiently as possible? And so the process, and we tried it out and it took a little convincing and arm twisting. But I think what I've learned is that sales is so happy to get some attention and, and focus from marketing. Generally, they're, they're on board for it. But we started doing annual strategy planning sessions. So we met with the various areas of the business because we have a lot of different portfolios and, and business teams within the company. And we started to talk to them about what their goals are as a, as a group. What are you focused on for the coming year? And just trying to really pull that out because otherwise what was happening is a lot of our sales teams were just telling us what they wanted to do. And that's not always the best way to go about it. I love their input and ideas, but marketing has some ideas as well. And so pulling out their goals, what are their challenges? What do they think is going to help them hit those goals? What's going to hold them back? And if they could get anything from marketing, what would it be? So we take that information and then the marketing team, you know, we lock ourselves up in the war room and just go to work creating a marketing plan and strategy on how we can help accomplish those things. And then we share that with that business leader and say, here's the plan that we created that's going to help you accomplish those goals. How does this look? Generally, they're pretty happy with the outcome. And then we're like, okay, so we're going to stay focused on this. So if we're getting a lot of one-off requests, we're going to still stay focused on this. We need to have a plan because the plan gives everyone the purpose for their position. It gives them a little bit more of that, that support to stay focused on it and to not get distracted because someone is begging over here for something to get done. Okay. That's our approach. I like it. And, you know, I've heard that only a couple of times before when marketing leaders talk about actually sitting down with other leaders and planning together versus being in a silo. Here's our marketing plan for 2023. It's like, oh, here's our sales plan. It's like, wait, what if we just aligned on these things first and then, you know, move things forward? Yeah. Yeah. No, it works wonders. And um, we started and it's actually evolved nicely over the last few years because we used to meet one-on-one -on -one with each different team, which was a fantastic step in the right direction at breaking down those silos and, and coming together. 
And then last year, we were able to bring everyone together to do one strategy session because they kind of knew the workflow at that point. And then we were they were all able to hear what each other was doing so that way we could be more efficient. And then we all come back together on a quarterly basis um, and we share the progress. Here's the results of the campaigns that we ran. Here's what we're seeing is working and not working. And also here is our plan for the next quarter. Just stay very communicative and open to make sure nothing's changed. Um, we don't need to, to, to make any last minute adjustments. So we know we can keep moving forward with that. Have you worked with, has it been the same CEO and the whole time you've been there? Or have there been different CEOs? I have had three different CEOs Wow. In the time that I've been at Fastenal. Okay. And then, yep. And then I've had three different um, bosses at the time I've been in this position. Okay. Wow. So what what's that like being a leader, an executive leader, switching to another style, someone who brings a different level of, you know, perspective and experience? Like, again, you have to be relevant each time and support them right. each time. It's a different person. So yep. just because you're good with one and then that person leaves, oh, you got another one. So what's kind of been your approach there on, on aligning with someone like a CEO or a new CEO or a new leader? No, you're exactly right. Is It's almost like if you get a, a new leader, someone that you're reporting to, there's almost that sense of, okay, I've got to make sure they know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. Here's my path that I'm on. And I hope that they continue to support that path. And for myself, the individual who gave me my, this opportunity to begin with, he was very supportive in helping me be successful from the start, meaning I had probably a few more questions and needed a little more guidance than someone who'd had more experience in, in this level of position. And um, I was thankful to get that support from him. And so when I found out he was taking a, a new opportunity within the company, I was like, oh gosh, now what? But I, I've been fortunate. The boss that I had after that, very creative and supportive as well. And then my current boss, you know, he really allows me to do my best work and kind of gives me the opportunity to try new things. He empowers me. He's there to provide support and direction. Um, but I feel like I've been able to, to kind of keep proving that our plan and what the team is doing is working. So it's been able to, to pan out okay. What is maybe one or two of the biggest opportunities you see? And then what are some of the biggest challenges you're, you're up against right now too? Puzzles you're excited about solving? I think uh, sometimes the opportunities and challenges can double up here a little bit. What is an opportunity ends up being a challenge. I think for opportunities, I mean, growth is definitely um, the, the path that we are on. We're a growth company. As we have continued to evolve, it just gives us that much more opportunity. And so then within the marketing team, there's more growth potential. And that's good for retaining our team. It's good because it allows us to try new things and branch out. You know, it allows us to expand our digital team. It allows us to try more account-based marketing. So I think the growth opportunities are extremely exciting. And then I think the other opportunity is uh, more technology adoption within our group. Ability to use technology while still remaining personal to the customer is um, such a, a nice way to approach the customer journey, the buyer's journey, and allow us to really uh, partner with sales and help them achieve those goals. Have you been a part of a rebrand since you've been there? Yes. And so within um, my role, so when I 
let's see, within a couple of years of being in this position, um, we were really pushing out our brand to the the contractors and we were um, making our branches more of like a retail location, um, putting a ton of marketing energy into selling our our products and very transactional focus. And then over the last couple of years, we've launched a new tagline We've changed a bit of our branch structure to make sure we're offering inventory locally while driving more of the partnership messaging, inventory management. And so um, that's been a fun challenge of not only launching a new tagline, which for those other marketers out there know that that took several, several months (laughs) of work. But also then within ourselves, we have to challenge ourselves to make sure that our brand our messaging, our story is on point with that new tagline and new direction of the organization. So we've had to shift gears a few times here, but the team's done a great job of of turning the corners and following along. Is the tagline that fit matters? Is that the... No, that's for safety products. Our tagline is uh, where industry meets innovation. Ah, okay, cool. I saw that. Yeah, talk about some of the maybe things you're doing to double down on customer experience. Maybe are you engaging with customers in new ways have you seen big shifts in the past couple of years? What are some ways that you're yeah, doubling down on customer experience? I love that question because as a customer, which we all are in some capacity, there are more options today than there ever has been. There is a lot of technology for those companies behind the scenes to target and remarket to you, to fill your Instagram feed and your inbox with messaging. Everywhere you go, you are hit with some sort of marketing message. And so the thing that our team is trying really hard to do is how do we stand out? How do we differentiate? Within my inbox, when I open it back up, I'm probably going to have about 20 different sales emails that are in there from other companies trying to sell me on something marketing related. That's kind of a bombardment. And what are they doing to stand out? So one of the things, you know, we, our team, we go on uh, sales calls, we visit customers, we have um, an individual focused on customer research and a team dialed into satisfaction. And so we've kind of taken a couple of steps back and gone a little old school in that to stand out, we really do more of the, uh, a direct mail type of send, something Ooh, like physical yeah. that goes to them. Because it stands out, you know, really, we don't get much in the mail anymore unless it's a bill uh, or something like that. And, you know, those aren't that exciting all the time. We've kind of taken a couple of steps back because we know that we're in the B2B space. And so the customers where we're trying to get their attention, they're doing their their job that day. They came in that day with a to-do list. They probably have a fairly full schedule. And so there's a lot that we want to do from a digital component and everything like that. Don't get me wrong. But if we're trying to really connect with them, get their attention and to sell the Fastenal story, what can we do to stand out a little bit more in their day? And so sending something through to the snail mail that's not a bill (laughs) that shows up to them um, has really been successful for our team and allowed us to connect with customers. And the team here just gets so excited when they get a response back from the customer through the sales rep. And, hey, thank you so much for, for sending something my way. That was that was really cool. It stood out to me. And um, from our side, 
it lands a meeting with the sales side. It, it gets the customers further in that buyer's journey um, than maybe what they would have otherwise. How long has direct mail been a strategy there? About four years ago, along the mantra of, hey guys, let's try something new. About four years ago is when we tested it out. We saw an opportunity to tackle some markets. And so it was something brand new that we tried. And when we do a direct mail send, we establish our target and control group. So that way we can really know the impact. And uh, the initial results from that was almost a million dollars of sales. Wow. And so we got some uh, sales leadership um, buy-in pretty quickly on that one then. And so that was kind of our starting point. And we've continued to evolve um, from there. And it's a big part of our, our plan. So who is the customer for the Fastenal company? Like what to, what's that persona? Yeah, uh, our customer is a variety of personas. And so typically we're working with manufacturers, large construction companies, actually large e-commerce companies. And we're typically working with someone within the supply chain operations because we have safety as a big focus within our company, working with the safety managers, EHS team. It's a pretty wide variety. Ultimately, the buying decision, uh, the day-to-day is done by procurement. But because we're coming in and really trying to sell more of that partnership and long-term relationship, um, we're looking at more of your uh, C-suite, your executive team, where we can come in and kind of work with what we call our, our change agent alleys, those that are willing to, to change and evolve and, and kind of find some new efficiencies within their company. That's awesome. You mentioned ABM, and that's been an interesting topic, certainly in the B2B, in the B2B world. Yeah. <laughs> How's that been going for you? Uh, what are some of the things you're learning around your ABM strategy? What's working? What's not? Right. So, you know, ABM, I'm, I'm seeing and we're, we're all taking trainings nonstop on ways to be more effective or above all, how to take it to scale. Because we have found a lot of success with it. You know, we can put all of our energy into a very large customer and use multiple ways to get their attention with very personalized information. And it's been remarkably successful. But how do we multiply that 10 times without uh, adding 10 times the headcount? And so this is, this is a place where technology is just extremely important because how can we essentially uh, manage a copy and paste process in order to do more of that? Um, and our sales team is, I mean, they're extremely excited to, to have ABM and marketing working so close with them because our sales team is really a person to person. They're going door to door. They're out there selling. And so COVID kind of gave them a whole new challenge right? because now that's not as, um, you know, as acceptable to do. And so we have to instead have to, we have to get their attention, the customer's attention in some way, shape or form ahead of time. And again, they're doing their job. The customer is at their job doing their role. So how do we distract them for a little bit? and convince them to spend some time with us. So ABM has been really helpful in, in kind of making an impression there. Hmm. Have you reprioritized any metrics in the past year? Like, have you started to focus on certain metrics that maybe that weren't as high of a priority due to the way the world changed in the past year and, and change? That's a great question. We've put a lot more emphasis in terms of, this isn't necessarily metric wise, but we're doing a lot more 
videos that we have out there for sales tools. So that way, you know, we used to bring customers here at, at our headquarters to tour some of these things. Well, they're not going to travel here anymore and tour. So how can we create a virtual tour of that component and allow that to be a sales tool for our team? So I think that's been a big change for us. On the metric side of things, I feel like the big change that we've made is that because we are ultimately selling a solution, we're looking to sell an on-site partnership of FMI technology device. You know, that's not an online click and buy. We're really helping to land a lot of meetings and to get our customer or our sales team set up for success. So we really measure a lot of what we of the opportunity or pipeline sales opportunity. So we hey, we know we brought in 4,000 leads. But what do those leads come out to in terms of potential value? So that way we can measure that impact over time. That also keeps us on track to make sure we're bringing in the correct leads. Mm -hmm. Okay, got it. So current CEO is Daniel, right? Yep, Dan Flornis. Do you ever call Dan to report good news? Like, do you ever just call him and say, hey, Dan, like, got some exciting news to share. Do you do that or is it? I prefer to share good news versus bad news. Okay, okay. So (laughs) take us inside of just a recent moment where you had this, you know, it's this kind of, yes, this is worth telling Dan. Tell us us a recent win that you called Dan about. Sure. So um, just because it's top of mind here is uh, the, um, we have a partnership with the NHL and Stanley Cup just wrapped up. And so one of the partnership components is the, you know, perhaps if you're watching any of the games, you hopefully saw the Fastenal logo that's in the ice um, that I've convinced my children I painted myself. (laughs) And um, so that logo in ice, we're trying to really get the attention of, of a lot of different business decision makers. And so as soon as we see a message come through of, hey, this person saw the Fastenal logo in ICE, their VP of operations, and they want to have a conversation with us, that's something that I'm sending through to Dan to let him know, hey, this is this is working. Thanks for supporting that. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's great. Do you? I saw the NHL connection. Does that mean you get to go to some games sometimes? Yeah, I actually, um, I've gone to a couple of games, um, not too many because we really, any opportunity that we have, we, we try to see, can we do something for a customer yeah, yeah. or things like that? So yeah, I'm okay tuning in from, from the TV in that instance. Nice. Cool. We actually, we just interviewed the, uh, head of marketing for the Vegas golden Knights ah, uh, nice. out there in Vegas, mm-hmm. Eric, super yeah. nice guy, brilliant, brilliant guy. Um, and we love connecting with uh, marketing leaders in that world. So yeah. that's a cool partnership to have. Oh, it's fantastic. I just toured the Knights facility um, a few months ago. It's really, really nice. You know, thinking over the course of your career at the Fast and All Company, think about a time that you've faced a crucial moment in your career, like a, so the sort of moment that can like make or break a situation uh, or an opportunity. What's like a story that was just a big moment for you? And then we can unpack it a little bit to understand it. There's a lot of those moments that are going to happen throughout anyone's career, but there's always one that jumps out to me because I feel like it was certainly that situation where I hit a wall. What am I going to do about it? And so I had mentioned that part of my role and experience or my experience here within my career pathway was I, I had a customer research department. And um, it was something that I was able to really evolve from the ground up. 
that was probably one of the most challenging leadership positions I've actually ever had and uh, got that team to be about 15 uh, people uh, within that department. And to my knowledge, everything was going smoothly. We were capturing some really great input from customers. Um, if we had any customers with concerns, we were able to kind of intervene before an issue grew. And so things were going really well. And then one day my boss called me in for a meeting to tell me that the team was disbanding. Complete rug from under my feet. And, and it had nothing to do with the performance of the group. It was simply we were evolving a new area of our business and we needed to, to move some headcount around. And, you know, these types of things happen within business. It just hadn't happened to me yet. <laughs> and so I put, you know, my heart and soul into to really developing that team and then complete game changer. And so I, that was one of those instances where, you're faced with an obstacle and, you know, I've got the, the saying in my office, when you hit a wall, are you going to get over it or climb over it, walk through it or go around it? Over the next few months, I just really kept challenging myself to climb over it because that could have been a complete change for me. And, you know, it was kind of a fork in the road moment. And um, yeah, that was that's definitely something that stands out to me to this day. It's a great one. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I do want to ask you about there was a news article, LinkedIn launching some, some free tools for B2B professionals. So the question is kind of as more tools become available to marketers, how do you as a marketing leader appropriately weigh, like what should be integrated into your own marketing operation uh, for a company as successful as Fastenal? How do you know when to adapt to new tools and when to stick with already established tools that are working well? That's a fantastic question. And I feel like as marketing technology evolves and there's more and more options out there, it's a constant question and challenge for ourselves. I'm fortunate I have a really good team that keeps me grounded to make sure that myself or none of us are just jumping at the next shiny penny. We're making sure it's truly going to make a difference in our organization. And how we've kept ourselves organized and really on point is outlining our, our marketing mall, our MarTech mall. So we essentially have mapped out, I mean, similar to uh, if, if anyone's you know, shopped in person lately and not online, you've got your mall map on where your, your really key stores are, like your probably the Macy's and things like that. Those are our big platforms that we know we need marketing automation. That's a huge store and that's going to make a huge impact for us. And then we take a look at what are the boutiques that we're going to fill in between the cracks? What is something that's a bit more specialized that can really focus on a specific area and integrate with one of those bigger pieces of technology? And we keep that, that mall, that map outline, because we know we have some blanks within there that we need to fill over time. And that visual helps us to make sure that we're not doubling up on anything. If there's something new and coming out, where does it fit within that space? And then, of course, doing our research and our balance to make sure there's some big tools where you're going to want to go with something with a little bit more experience. They've worked out the kinks. We're a big company. We need to know that we can count on them. But for some of those boutiques, it gives you a little bit more flexibility to try something new. Um, and I think there's a little bit less risk there. And that's how we keep track of and manage it on our end. Mm, that's smart. Well, that leads me to the next part of our show, which is let me give a, sh a shout out to our sponsor, which is Salesforce. Shout out to you, Salesforce. Salesforce brings marketing and engagement together. For those who want to learn more, 
head over to salesforce.com forward slash marketing. I have Brooke Melzna, VP of marketing for the Fastenal company in the studio, the virtual studio today. Brooke, are you ready for the lightning round? Bring it on. Just go from the heart, the gut, you know, and we'll have some fun. Okay. What is the last time you tried something new? Today. What was it? A new kind of chips at Quick Drip. Okay. Was it good? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. What is one life lesson you learned the hard way? Always put something back where you got it from. Okay. That's great. <laughs> um, what is an activity that makes you lose track of time? Uh, organizing my closets. Okay. Okay. If you could choose one book as a mandatory read for all high school students, which book would you choose? For high school. I'm still going to go with Lean In. It's Lean one of in. my favorites. Yep. That's great. What are you, and this could be personally, professionally, but like what's something that you're betting on for the future? Um, I am betting on the fact that there is going to continue to be more and more technology developed in our space. And at some point, we're going to have to take a step back and figure out how to get personal with people again. Mm, that's good. So let's say hypothetically, you report tomorrow to the office and the entire marketing team is gone. You've got to build the marketing team from scratch. Dan says, look, Brooke, we, yeah, we got to make this happen. What is the first role you're hiring and why? I would start with um, someone who really understands marketing strategy okay. because you need to have your plan in place before you can bring in any of the other components that bring it to life. Okay, that's good. What is something that impresses you? Two things. People that send uh, thank, handwritten thank you notes after an interview. It's a personal way to my heart. And secondly, anyone on the team or anyone who really just takes an idea, runs with it, and presents something fantastic in return. Okay, okay. If you had access to a time machine, where and when would you go? Past or future? I'm trying to decide which direction. <laughs> I would stay where I am and I would fast forward one year so that way my youngest two who are twins can be five years old and a little easier. Okay. You have twins? <laughs> I do. Yep. Oh, wow. Okay. We have twins that are two-year-old, two-year-old twins. And then I have a daughter from a previous that's four. And then my current partner also has a four-year-old. They're 10 days apart. So we have like oh, two, gosh. basically two sets of twins at our house. So it's wild. That is crazy. Are your twins boys or girls? Boys. Or boys. Mm -hmm. I have four boys. Okay. So look, we, you already know. We know what we're, we're up against. Is there a therapy session after this? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> what is success for you these days? Uh, success for me is seeing my team be successful. What is your favorite app on your phone? Stitch Fix. It's a dangerous one. Okay. Okay. <laughs> What's a skill? What's one skill you believe everyone should have? Written communication. That's a good one. That's come up once before. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. If you could effortlessly pick up a new skill in an instant, what would that be? I really wish I could sing in tune. Okay. Okay. So that my children don't tell me to stop singing Twinkle Twinkle Little Star <laughs> at night. <laughs> okay. Uh, last question. What is one thing you would like to do this year that you've never done before? Sleep through the night. I hear you there. <laughs> I hear you there. 
Thank you, Brooke. This has been uh, an incredible conversation. We are just privileged. We're honored you took the time to be on Marketing Trends. Congratulations to you, the entire Fastenal team and the family there. I know there is there is no end in sight to the growth of this business. There's a lot of things happening. Thank you for being on Marketing Trends. You were an amazing guest. Oh, thanks, Jeremy. Appreciate it. You have eight seconds to make a connection or risk a click away onto the next topic. The difference lies in your ability to deliver relevant experiences to your audience across devices and across channels. But delivering on a really great experience is impossible without the right people and the right technology. You've got the right people, but your technology choices will make or break someone's experience with your brand. At the center of gravity of your digital experience, Brightspot Content Management System can deliver relevant content, personalized experiences, and cross-channel synergies to create unforgettable brand experiences. So you can be a bright spot in someone's day. Head over to brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends to find out right now. From global crisis to hunger relief efforts, The messages you deliver save lives, inform important decision-making, and help keep communities safe and sound. The speed and scale of your content needs to be delivered faster and on a much larger scale. Brightspot Content Management System has supported some of the world's largest brands to communicate on a global scale. From Johnson & Johnson sharing critical information with their customers to helping Whole Foods tell their brand story to a global audience. Brightspot is designed to handle rapid iteration and personalized messages to those you care about most. Learn more at brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends.